welcome back. And if you're new here, thanks for stopping by. I hope that you find some value in this episode. And feel free to sleuth through and listen to any of the other episodes here that may catch your eye and be of interest to you. So for those of you that are regularly following this podcast and you were listening in during this month of February, you probably caught a theme that was going around about money and your relationship with it. And it only seemed fitting that we wrap this up with a conversation on self-worth. Why? <clears throat> because what I've come to understand through working with so many of you is there's an underlying misunderstanding of self-worth and self-esteem. And more importantly, this invisible cloud of doubt, shame, guilt, and fear that overshadows your worth. And before we dive all into this, please let me introduce myself. Hi there, my name is Dr. Kelly Ray, and I'm a mindset coach, counselor, notably known as the inner critic tamer. And I am super passionate about helping others just like you and me who have gone through some things that perhaps we don't like to blast out on social media, but we know that we want to be better because it not only improves the quality of our lives, but in the lives of those around us. I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic that inner childhood conditioning, or as I often say, undo some of that crap that may have happened to you along the way that continues to keep you stuck and teach you how to heal from it in order to live the vibrant life you are designed to live. And during this episode, we're going to be talking about the difference between self-esteem and self-worth and some ways to improve it should you just so choose to do so. Look, this topic is very near and dear to my heart because it's one I've wrestled with throughout my life and one I know many of you grapple with as well. And here's the thing. We think we're not, but our unconscious actions, habits, beliefs, and patterns of living our life will beg to differ. So let's have some real talk about this today. Self-esteem and self-worth are related, but they are important differences between these two. Self-esteem describes how you think and feel about yourself, which changes based on mood, circumstance, performance, or approval of others. Self-worth is more of a a global, bigger picture, a unstable form of self-esteem that comes from knowing and believing in your worth as a person. So what is self-esteem? Self-esteem self describes your thoughts and feelings about yourself. It is usually based on judgments you make about yourself in the moment. People with low self-esteem are less self-confident and have more negative thoughts and feelings about themselves. Low self-esteem can be situational or chronic, with chronic low self-esteem being more likely to cause emotional and behavioral problems. 
Because self-esteem involves your thoughts and feelings about yourself and your level of confidence, it isn't stable or consistent. Instead, it depends heavily on the outer world of people, tasks, external information used to compare, judge, and evaluate yourself. Self-evaluations that determine your self-esteem are largely based on some of these I'm going to share with you. What personal strengths and weaknesses you are most focused on. Positive and negative feedback you get from others. Your general mood, stress level, and emotional states. Comparisons you make between yourself and others. Even comparisons you make with yourself now and before, or projecting towards the future. Whether or not you reach a goal or an expectation. And how you make sense of yourself and your experiences. So what is self-worth? Researchers describe self-worth as a broader, more stable form of self-esteem that is less influenced by outside or inside factors. Instead of focusing on specific traits, skills, circumstances, or achievements, self-worth describes the core beliefs you have about your worth and your value. Core beliefs tend to be consistent over time, which is why self-worth is less likely to change in response to feelings, thoughts, behaviors, or experiences. A person with high self-esteem is believed to have a more stable and positive form of self-esteem. It provides protection against stress, emotional problems, while also making a person healthier, happier, and more successful in life. So if you have high self-worth, you're more likely to believe you are good, worthy, and lovable, regardless of what's happening in your life. You're more likely to feel deserving of love and respect from other people and are willing to accept and love yourself as you are now with no conditions or expectations. You're also more likely to practice self-compassion and treat yourself with care, kindness, and respect. You believe in your potential to grow, learn, change, and improve. You also are aware you have flaws and make mistakes that don't threaten your identity or worth. So because these are so closely intermingled, I'm, I'm hoping that I can make a clear distinction for you today of the differences of these and why they're so important to understand the differences and more importantly, how we can improve them. So the traits of self-esteem and self-worth, let's talk about that. This is what I know because we're human. Not all researchers agree that self-esteem and self-worth are different, adding to confusion between the terms. Many researchers use the term self-esteem to describe both self-esteem and self-worth. Others have identified self-worth as being a form of self-esteem that is more global, less contingent on external circumstances, and more stable in the face of change. 
While everyone struggles with occasional dips in self-esteem, those who have chronically low self-esteem may actually be struggling with self, low self-worth. Part of the confusion comes from not understanding the difference between the two. So I want to share with you several characteristics of self-esteem, thoughts and feelings about certain traits or skills can provide temporary boost of confidence, arises from self-judgment and evaluation, is conditional and contingent upon certain standards, finds value in the external world, is linked to confidence and motivation. Negative feedback and stress can undermine its value fragile and less certain when threatened, uses competition and comparison to elevate itself, reflects the ego or false self, is a scarce resource that needs constant renewal. So let's talk about traits of self-worth and what they include. They include thoughts and feelings about the whole person can provide lasting feeling of security, arises from self-acceptance and compassion, does not have conditions or standards to meet, finds value in the internal world, is linked to emotional stability and self-control. Feedback and stress reinforce the existing worth is more resilient to external threats, uses inner beliefs to reinforce and remain stable, reflects one's view of the true self, is an abundant resource that is self-renewing. There is definitely, at least in my opinion, distinct differences between these these two with the the very distinct difference is self-esteem is also based on you comparing yourself or judging yourself or evaluating the outside reflections of what's around you to determine your value. Whereas self-worth, you just are. You are who you are. You You're not needing any outside source to tell you that you're not worth anything or that you're not worthy. So I want to talk about five key differences between self-esteem and self-worth. While both involve a person's overall thoughts, feelings, and beliefs about themselves, there's some key differences between self-esteem and self-worth. These differences involve where, when, and how often these two states of being show up. Self-esteem and self-worth also differ in how much they impact a person's overall emotional stability and quality of life. So let's go. Let's talk about the five differences. One, self-worth is deeper than low self-esteem. Low self-esteem is similar to shame, which is driven by deep beliefs and feelings of being unworthy, bad, or not good enough. 
Self-esteem is also based on thoughts and feelings about yourself, but usually as a response of things happening in the moment and how you're perceiving those events. Core beliefs are often old, deep, and resistant to change. This makes self-worth issues more difficult to address because unlike self-esteem, self-worth is unlikely to improve according to what you do, how well you do it, and other forms of external validation. They can boost your self-esteem, but they're unlikely to change a core belief that you're worthy, a common belief in people with low self-worth. And I need to add a side note here. This is all definitely shiftable, mutable, and changeable self-esteem and self-worth. I would tend to want to help somebody work on their self-worth because then that definitely is going to play a very big part in one's self-esteem as opposed to self-esteem is not going to necessarily shift or change self-worth, which is a very, very deep, as I said, rooted core value. Number two, self-esteem fluctuates more than self-worth. Kind of just piggying back off of what I just said. Self-worth fluctuates more than self. I'm sorry, self-esteem fluctuates more than self-worth. For example, getting positive or negative feedback from a boss at work could cause self-esteem to go up or down, right? Depending on if it's a good feedback or negative feedback from your boss. But it would have less of an effect on your self-worth, meaning you you know who you are and you would take that feedback positive or negative in a much different fashion than if you were needing it for your self-esteem internal and external triggers that could cause self-esteem to go up or down are achievements how much you get done how well you do it and benefits you give external feedback Positive or negative feedback, including criticism, praise, or approval. Your career, your degrees, your job title, your role, your success in your career, your income or status. Your beliefs and values, your religious beliefs, morals, values, or strongly held opinions. Comparisons, your your relative success, importance, or value compared to others, your relationships, quantity or quality of relationships with friends and or family members, and physical appearance, your body image, your shape, your size, your perception of attractiveness. Number three, self-esteem is more fragile than self-worth. Because self-esteem is more vulnerable to internal and external factors, it is also more fragile. Many of the factors that influence it change frequently are not always within your control. Unless you have a strong backup system of self-worth to rely on when your self-esteem takes a hit, the inevitable ups and downs of life may take a toll and a big emotional one at that. Experiences you might have when you're stressed or anxious or insecure include feeling more depressed, anxious, irritable or upset, becoming defensive, blaming others or projecting anger onto others. 
overusing unhealthy outlets like alcohol, drugs, or distractions to cope. Social media is a great um, distraction. Less inner motivation and drive to focus on things to get done. An urgent need to do more or seek validation or reassurance to feel better. Maybe letting go of goals or projects that don't provide immediate boost in self-esteem. And feeling less able to control urges and impulses. Number four, self-esteem is more judgmental than self-worth. Self-worth is a byproduct of your critical mind. That part that's really good at finding mistakes, problems. This part of your mind is also looking for new information it can use to evaluate and compare you to, including other people, their expectations, or your expectations. You hear me talk about the inner critic all the time. This would be where that inner critic is housed. This is why self-esteem could be high or low depending on who you're around or what your situation you're in. Self-worth uses your inner critic in a different way. Because self-worth is mostly fixed and stable, it will use the critic to reinforce its existing beliefs upon your worth rather than recalculating according to the situation. This means that a person with low self-worth will often selectively reinforce their negative view of themselves by focusing on their failures and shortcomings while discounting their successes and strengths. And number five, self-esteem is found in the world and self-worth is found within. True self-worth comes from within and unlike self-esteem, it does not need to be found, built, or rebuilt. While self-esteem is largely developed in response to things that happen in your life, how people respond to you or how well you do a task, self-worth is found within. The main differences that distinguish self-worth from self-esteem are self-worth is inherent, not something you need to earn. Self-worth does not rely on comparison to remain high. Self-worth does not have conditions or contingencies that you have to meet. Self-worth does not change according to your successes or failures. Self-worth comes from a deep, healthy, trusting relationship with yourself. Self-worth is strengthened by knowing and showing your true self. Self-worth can be cultivated through mindfulness and self-compassion. So let's take a second here and talk about causes of low self-worth and low self-esteem. Low self-esteem and low self-worth are believed to come from a combination of external and internal factors, which seems reasonable, right? Since one predominantly looks to the outside and the other one's on the inside. These factors cause some people to have naturally higher or lower self-esteem and self-worth. Researchers estimate that genes and biology determine about 50% of someone's self-esteem, which includes factors like personality traits, predispositions, and psychological makeup. The other half is believed to be developed by a person's experience with 
like everything, comes back to our early childhood experiences, playing a very central role. The environment we grew up in, the people that we were around, the the ones that were considered the authorities in our lives, were they highly critical, abusive, neglective? Were they overbearing, powerful? Were they um, non-existent? Were they... Did they, was there abandonment? There's so many factors. And again, it's also our perception as when we were younger and how we perceived things that we cultivated and created our thoughts, values, and beliefs around those to set us up for keeping us safe, identifying what things mean. Because when you're born, you don't know. You just come in as a very worthy being. And then we start having all of these experiences in life, and we have to, as part of our survival mechanism, and as we start taking and observing our surroundings and putting labels and words and thoughts and expression into what it is that we're experiencing and creating a story from that. So let's talk about low self-esteem versus low self-worth and when and how to seek some help. Because low self-esteem and low self-worth impact the way you think and feel about yourself. They can both have negative impacts on your life, your work, your relationships, your health, yes, and even your money. People with low self-worth and self-esteem are more likely to struggle with anxiety, depression, toxic stress, or even addictive disorders. In some cases, self-esteem and self-worth issues can trigger these disorders or at least contribute to their symptoms. Even without a pre-existing mental health condition, self-esteem and self-worth issues can cause a range of problems that may require coaching and or counseling. And and if any of what I've shared so far is resonating and you would like to have a conversation offline about that, I can certainly schedule some time for us to do that. And I'm going to give you ways to do that at the end of this episode, as I do every week. Because I believe that you are truly worthy and deserving, as I say every week, of living a vibrant life. And why not be able to go look at some of these things and clear them up so that you can do that? So let's talk, which leads me right into steps to improve your self-worth. Many people believe that improving their self-esteem is the solution to feeling better about themselves. But improving self-worth is more likely to provide lasting benefits. This is because self-worth is stable and consistent, whereas I've said Several times throughout this episode, self-esteem constantly fluctuates. While it can be a slow and, and maybe even somewhat challenging of a process, there are some ways to work on improving your self-worth. I'm going to give you five steps now to improve that. One, stop looking outside yourself for validation. And I know that's easier said than done, especially because we've Many of us, that's how we've lived our life, right? You know, at some point we were told, hey, you know, Johnny doesn't screw up or Susie doesn't do this. And, you know, and in some ways I know it's as a parent, we're just trying to make our kids, you know, 
be better for themselves. And that does a whole slew of things. I'm not even going to get into that. But I think you get what my point is, is that we've learned to identify a lot of times of who we are based on how we're performing, how we're doing, how we're measuring up. And at some point, wanting to improve our self-worth is understanding that having that validation is not going to determine who you are as a beautiful, loving human soul. This includes looking for approval from your boss or social media followers or even friends or significant others. External approval can temporarily boost self-esteem, but ultimately keeps you trapped in the same cycle of relying on that external validation to feel good about you. Another step to improve for your self-worth would be increase self-compassion. Be kinder to yourself. Research has proven that self-compassion pays dividends in almost all areas of your life, including making you healthier, happier, and more successful. Being kinder in the way you talk to you and treat yourself is a key step towards improving self-worth. Start this process by improving your emotional self-care and self-talk. I preach about this all the time. The words you speak matter. It definitely requires patience and practice to pay attention to the words you're actually speaking out loud or silently in your head. But know this, every word has a power to improve or destroy your self-worth. And this is what I do know, unless or until we actually pay heed to the words that we are speaking, we will just utter words without even realizing that disempowering impact that they will have on our lives. And if you need more clarification on that or examples, again, reach out to me. I'd be happy to give you some. But this is a really big one more than anything. If you don't start with the languaging that you're speaking, and more importantly, listening to what you're saying, listening to what you're getting frustrated over, listen to where you're being maybe a victim of your own life. And I know that's hard to swallow. But oftentimes, that's where we're at. Number three, separate what you do from who you are. While you can still have goals for yourself, try not to wrap your identity, worth, or value into these. Instead, work to get in touch with your feelings, beliefs, and core values, the things you want, need, and care about most in life. This reminds you that your worth is not tied to your successes or failures while also helping you get into touch of deeper parts of yourself. This was a biggie because, you know, we're somebody's child, we're somebody's parent, we're somebody's employee, we're somebody's boss, we're somebody's something. And we can get lost in that. We can identify ourselves as that, excuse me, rather than being who we are. And sometimes we lose sight of that. And it requires us to come back in touch with ourselves 
through self-compassion, self-reflection, self-love. Number four, stop competing and start connecting. Excuse me. Interrupt yourself when you begin to compare yourself to others or feel urged to compete. It's so easy. Stop. No, recorrect. This is where listening to your words matters. Because if you're not paying attention to what you're saying or thinking, then there's a very good chance you're going to still be sitting there comparing yourself to others. And that's so defeating. Instead, look for common ground, similarities, and things you can bond and connect over. This will help interrupt the unhelpful cycle of comparisons and judgment that feed into self-esteem issues, while also helping you feel connected to people, which helps boost your self-worth. This is another area where I'm really passionate about, reminding you to pay attention to people you hang out with. Although they may be really good people, are you both elevating each other's lives? Let's be honest, ice cream is great, but too much of it starts to negatively impact your health, wealth, and overall happiness. And the same for the people in our lives that are great to be around, but in moderation. Because too much of it becomes an unhealthy thing. And I know that some of you have some goals and desires and passions and purposes that you want to do in life, which then requires that you align with other like-minded souls that can help support and elevate you to do that rather than be pessimistic, fear-based, insecure about that. Because remember, we all kind of put our own input in based on our own experiences. And if your goals and desires and that which you want to create in your life, somebody else has never done that, there's a good chance they're going to share their fears and insecurities and doubts of why you shouldn't do that, rather than you knowing that you have the ability to do that. Number five, Develop a more positive mindset. A positive, optimistic mindset forms a mental condition that is conductive to self-high worth, while negative thinking contributes to low self-worth and low self-esteem. This is why, again, our words are so impactful. I cannot say this enough, and sorry if I keep repeating myself, but it's I'm trying to bring the point home. Because so many of you are like, yeah, 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 I know, positive thinking, got to have that positive vibe. No, it's not about the positive thinking and positive vibe. It's about the words that you're speaking to yourself because you are listening. And then not only are you listening, but you're operating and making decisions based on what you're hearing. So let's talk about some ways to have a more positive mindset and how you can develop that. Find ways to take your biggest weaknesses and flaws, or at least those that you perceive, and how could you turn those also into a strength? So often those things that are perceived as our biggest weaknesses and flaws are actually our biggest strengths. We've just become so conditioned and ingrained to think that they, they're the worst thing about us when they might be the best thing about you. Look for the lesson in past mistakes and failures. Rather than feeling defeated, 
take it as a lesson, grow from it. I, I can tell you for the longest time, I was like, screw that, I failed. And I can tell you with that mindset, there was no room for improvement. There was no room from learning. There was no lessons to happen because I'd already cut the door off for that when I said I failed. Learning to reframe these things is not a matter of airy-fairy words that some people consider positive conversations with yourself. What it is, is learning to change some of your words and understanding what the meanings of the ones that are holding you back are. Consider looking at challenges and hardships as opportunities to grow and learn. Again, when I saw my life as being, I saw myself as a failure. Not only did I just fail, but somehow I was a failure which then again made it really hard to look at any of those failings or errors or mistakes or misjudgments on my part to see any opportunity for growth or learning because it wasn't even necessarily my self-esteem, but my worth I had encapsulated in that and I needed to improve that. See all feedback, even perceivably bad feedback as valuable information and ways to help you improve. And remember, it matters the people you're hanging out with. If you're hanging out around people who have never done anything beyond just, you know, muddling by in life, not having any experiences outside of their town, outside of their state, outside of their country, outside of their one job, measure that against your own if your life is different and decide is that valuable information you're sending me or is it n narrow because of the lack of experience knowing that experience experiencing difficult emotions helps make you a stronger person look i know so many people who want to avoid feeling anything at all, aside from, oh, I have to put on my positive pants. I have to be happy. I have to be. Well, the thing is, is you can be those things, but are you also trying to avoid feeling the other ones that are more uncomfortable? I can tell you those other emotions serve as valuable information as well. Not as, don't use it as valuable information to beat yourself up and hold yourself back. But whether maybe where you might be disappointing yourself or letting yourself down or giving up on yourself. Look for ways to make things better after a mistake rather than giving up. All right. I know that this was a little bit longer than usual. And as we wrap up this week's episode, I want to share that as I'm recording this, I see some squirrels running outside my window and I'm like, you're probably like, what the heck does that have to do with anything here? Stay with me here. I'm going to bring home a point to the best of my knowledge. None of these squirrels think they are better or worse than the other ones. They're each different and yet not different and each perfect exactly the way they are. 
human beings are no different. We just tend to think we are. And therein lies both the problem and the solution. How much easier would life be if you realize that no matter what life throws your way, and no matter what other people think or how they treat you, nothing can diminish your innate value and worth. It's non-negotiable. You were born with value. And nothing can ever take that away from you. End of story. Period. Done. The end. <laughs> How freeing is that? It releases you from the immense stress of trying to justify your existence and prove that you matter and are worthy of love and acceptance. If you take nothing else away from this episode today, I want you to know this. You don't have to do anything to be worthy of love and acceptance. You already are, and you will always be worthy and deserving of love and acceptance. I want you to go write that down and repeat that to yourself as many times as you need to so that you have no measure of doubt in your worth and existence here. You are valuable. If you have found this helpful or would like other topics like this, I'd love for you to reach out and get in touch with me and let me know. And if this particular episode touched you in a way that you feel like you want to talk about some stuff, you want to see if there's something that we can do together to work through some of that, then I'm going to encourage you to get in touch with me. And lastly, I'm going to ask you to please follow and share this podcast because we never know who it might touch at the exact right time. All right, so here's some ways to get in touch with me, schedule some time with me, and just overall be a part of my world. I'm on Instagram at Ask Dr. Kelly Ray. Kelly Ray is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. I'm on Facebook at Dr. Kelly Ray B, B as in brown. I'm on TikTok at Dr. Kelly Ray. My website is drkellyray.com. And my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. Until next week, please know I send you so much 